All right, hey everyone, welcome to another episode of A Glap. Of course, it's me, Paolo. And for once, we're actually starting an episode slightly early, um, just like a minute or a few seconds earlier than expected, which, you know, isn't a bad thing at all. Uh, so for today, we have another candidate. He's running for senator, and we're going to get to know more about him, you know, about his uh, his background, his platforms. And overall, like his plans if he is elected for senator, right? So we'll give him that opportunity to talk about his platform and to really deep dive into how he plans on achieving what he wants to do for the country. But before we uh, start the episode, I'd like to really thank our sponsors again. So thank you to... Derm Nature, thank you to Mask and More Manila, and thank you as well to Swagat Indian Cuisine, who's you know been a sponsor for our, of ours since season one, and you know have been very very supportive of the show. Uh, so you know, guys, I know we're kind of still in the pandemic. Maybe it's going to become an endemic or something like that. I'm not really sure. I'm not in the medical field, but let's still continue to try and support you know these small businesses because as we know, a lot of jobs were lost a lot of industries were affected during the pandemic and lots and lots of people were able to how would you say find unique ways on how they could you know support themselves support their family things like that so please you know if you have the time and you have you know the extra cash please you know support swagat support derm nature and support mask and more manila so before then uh today's candidate you know it's a very unique candidate in the sense that from all of the ones that are running, I think he's one of the, if not the only one, who has a very unique platform that involves technology, nature, organic farming, and all these things. So our guest for tonight is a candidate for senator of the Philippines. In the upcoming 2022 elections, he believes in organic farming, uh, food sovereignty, blockchain and governance, okay, and uh, educational reform and many more. So welcome to IGLAP for the very first time, senatorial candidate David D'Angelo. Uh, good evening, uh, sir. How are you? I'm fine. Good evening uh, to, to your uh, watchers of the show. I would like to first apologize because I'm uh, still in, I'm commuting. <laughs> I'm a senator that commutes, so I'm in the bus. I came from Quezon Province in Atimonan. Where I grew up, so it's uh, great to be to be part of Iglap, right? Uh, very nice uh, show of the name, uh, name of the show. Great. Well, you know, we're so glad to have you here, sir. Uh, so before we get to you know the tough part, which is the questioning, or you know, not really the questioning, but you know, the questions we have about your platform, your beliefs, and all these things. Aside from you know all the things I mentioned about you, about you supporting organic farming, blockchain, and all these things. What is another side of David D'Angelo that people may not know about? Well, uh, I'm also a, a streamer. Uh, I'm a, I uh, play games. I'm a gamer, so uh, I play a lot of games, including uh, Final Fantasy VII, Genshin Impact, okay. uh, Mobile Legends. I'm also a cosplayer. Uh, I oh. cosplay Kratos from God of War. Yeah, I won. I think I won uh, uh, competitions as uh, Kratos. I also cosplay 
Mr. Satan from uh, Dragon Ball Z. It's Master Pogi in the Philippines. I was awarded as the best cosplay uh, by Toei, the creator of the Dragon Ball series. So, I'm okay, also... Uh, yeah. Go ahead, yeah. <laughs> You're <Please> surprised. Ahead. <laughs> yeah, you are about to ask something. Okay. Um, but yeah, wow. Okay, so you're probably the only senatorial candidate that I know who is an open gamer and cosplayer. I think that's pretty That's pretty cool. I mean, that, that's something very unique. I honestly was not expecting that. Yeah. Uh, I also organize <laughs> events. I, I, I'm a co-founder of K-Pop Filipinas, an event for uh, Korean, uh, Korean pop culture. So it's something uh, really unique for somebody running for the Senate. It really is. Um, maybe if you, you know, I mean, if you ever win for senator, and for sure the Senate has their own Halloween parties or something like that, I'm sure you definitely win, like best in costume easily. <laughs> All right. So yeah, that is uh, senatorial candidate David D'Angelo. Um, so you know, cosplayer, gamer, and all these things. So for today's episode, we want to talk about what you will be fighting for. You know, if you do win. A Senate seat, right? Or if you do become Senator of the Philippines. Now, the first thing I want to ask you is, so currently you're under, are you exclusively under the ticket of Caliodi and Walden Bello, or are you part of other tickets as well for Senator on, you know, with yeah, other candidates? I, I'm exclusively with Partido Lakas ng Masa. Uh, siyempre, we believe in uh, a strong political party, so if we're already under Caliodi, Bigusman, and Walden, we will st stay with them. But the good thing is we're being part of, uh, I know, the supporters of other candidates are including us. For example, I have seen uh, uh, a cheat sheet. I called it a cheat sheet for the election. I, I'm part of the slate of Esco, uh, Esco and uh, Dr. Leong. I also seen my name in uh, Lenny Kiko team as well. Listen, surprisingly, in, BBM, in the BBM team, I was also being inserted by the supporters. So I think it tells a lot about the cross-necessity uh, cross for the environmental issues. Kasi yun ang dalakoy, kalikasan. The answer to the climate action, climate justice, and a call for to act for the environment. All right. So, I mean... I have to ask. So I'm sure the Lenny Kiko, I mean, of course, you prefer Kaliodi, obviously. That's why you're exclusive with him. I'm with them, yes. yes, yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm campaigning sure you, for them. And I'm assuming that um, you wouldn't mind being like, you know, being like somewhat inserted with the Lenny supporters that they vote for you and such. But how do you feel about being in a somewhat lineup ticket of the Marcus Jr. supporters? Like how how does that make you feel? Ang ang, ang paniwala ko naman kasi ay uh, yung mga supporters nila ay uh, they, they are Filipino people na no? parte naman sila ng ating paglilingkuran. Sa tingin ko kaya tayo na isasama eh, dahil yung issue kasi ng kalikasan, may crisis tayo sa klima eh na napakahalagang sagutin at naiintindihan nila naka, na walang representative talagang environment na maayos. No? So I think kaya tayo nasasama doon. It's not because of the politicians with BBM, but the supporters who are realizing that the environment is a very important and key issue and that our platforms resonate with what they believe in as well. 
But I have to ask you though, um, Mr. D'Angelo. So, you know, let's just look at the surveys right now for president, right? Um, and let's just only base our assumptions on what we see in the surveys. Again, the election's not yet done. Votes haven't been counted. And until now, we don't know what's going to happen, right? In that sense, we can assume via the surveys. But if Vico Soto could make history by losing the surveys even until the day before elections and yet winning it, we never know, right? But let's say, um, for example, let's say you win for senator, but Marcus Jr. also wins for president. So my question to you is, what would your role be in Senate? Would you, you know, try to, would you try to um, be part of the establishment in that sense? I mean, would you be pro-government or pro-administration? Or would you be part of the, the ones who are not really anti, but the ones who are, you know, not pro-administration? Well, I would be pro-environment and pro-people. That will be my focus. Kasi ang problema kasi sa mga politiko natin ngayon, parang focus na lang sa ikaw ba, ikakampi o kalaban lang nakaupo. So, kaya walang nangyayari na tatapos eh. Dapat ang kailangan mo, magtrabaho ka para sa bayan. So, you work for the people. So, I will be as a senator of the people. Kasi nakuunahin ko yung mga platforma kong dinadala, kinatatrabahuhin natin. Kung may problema ang administrasyon, pupunahin natin at kukontrahin. Pero, bukod doon, magbibigay tayo ng solusyon. So, we will be somebody that works towards addressing the problem if the administration has a problem. So, yun, ganyan ang gagawin natin. Para, alam mo yan, uh, matapos na yung pangopolitika, ba kayo nakaupo na. Okay, so in short, you wouldn't have a problem working with Marcus Jr. in that sense. I don't think I will have a problem unless he's doing something that is not uh, for the people of this country. I would really stand up to, you know, against him if he works against the, the people of this country and the good of the country. So I have to ask you now then, uh, because as you know, but again, I haven't been able to speak to your running mates for senator except for... Um, but I've only spoken to Kalyodi. I've spoken to Walden. And I don't think Elmer Labog, is, is, is he part of your slate as well? Uh, I think he is uh, uh, part of those being endorsed by uh, Kalyodi as the part of the lead, the lead coalition. Okay, but he's not part of like the original slate, right? Yeah, yeah, no. Okay. We are so, only three in the Senate slate of Kalyodi. Yeah. So the reason I'm asking you, why I'm about to ask you this question, so I spoke to Kalyodi and Walden had very, very, very strong feelings towards it. And uh, Elmer Labog as well. Basically, they said that they couldn't work with a Marcos administration to the point that when I asked Walden Bellio that, if you win for VP and if Marcos wins for president, what would you do? Then I don't want to really repeat what he said, but let's just say that for him, it's either he becomes president or Marcos, you know, or it's either he becomes president or he just leaves, something like that. So I'm just wondering, how come you don't have a strong of, you know, negative feelings as compared to your, you know, your political allies or your running mates in that sense? Ang panawagan kasi ngayong election, dapat dito tayo mag-decide na dapat. Kung tayo mamimili, piliin natin yung tamang kandidato. So, I'm really not, I do not like really Marcos to win, BBM and Sarah. Because they are the least qualified for me 
alam naman natin yung mga isa na lang dyan, martial law, hindi nga nila mabayaran yung buwis. But then after the elections, we should all work towards, you know, fulfilling our duties to our country. If if the people elects, uh, whoever is elected by the people, we should respect the will of the people. Kasi kung tayo ay public servant, I think when the election ends, the work for the country should begin. No, uh, dapat tigil muna yung politika. So, uh, gawin natin yung ating trabaho para sa mahamayang Pilipino. Otherwise, para na rin team rider natin yung ating bayan kung tayo ay patuloy na mamumulitika pagkatapos ng eleksyon. Pero kung halimbawa si Bibiyama Manalo, babantayan natin yung kanyang mga gagawin. At tatayo tayo laban sa kanya kung hindi para sa interest ng taong bayan na kanyang gagawin. So it's it's just the same stand as as uh, everyone in PLM. Ang sa akin na lang, the, the duty to my country begins when I win as a senator. Yun ang uunahin ko kesa dun sa talagang patuloy na mamamulitika. I think mas mahalaga yun para sa isang lingkod bayan. Okay, understood, understood. So the next I want to ask you is, why did you decide to run for Senate? Like, why not? Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I, I'm really surprised that I'm running for the Senate. Uh, wala po akong plano talaga. Our original plan was to to have uh, uh, environmental party list. Kaya lang, medyo na technical kami dahil uh, nagka-pandemic. So yung mga signatures ay hindi namin na, napadala ng original. It's just the e-signature sa bawal pala yun. Uh, then there, there's this coalition of uh, green organizations that uh, nominated me and Roy to run for the for the Senate. So, nung ma-nominate tayo, we are asked to to do public service at sinagot lang natin yung panawagan na yun na yung hammer sa atin na maglingkod. So, yun yung sinasagot natin ngayon. It's not my my original will, it's the will of of uh, eight other organizations. So, kaya tayo tumakbo. Okay. Yeah. And um, so they chose you and such. But why did you decide to to be exclusively only with Kaliodi? I mean, if you look at the other ones running for senator, right? Um, a lot of them are kind of like mix and match in a way. Like some of them are um part of the center lineup for like three candidates, four candidates, etc. But why did you like you personally decide that you know what? Me and my other running mates. We only want to be in the slate or in the lineup of Kalyodi and Walden Valley. The main consideration why I decided to run is there's a climate crisis. So my crisis sa klima, ito ay may taning, eight years, we need to do something about it. And our first, the first thing that we do is look for a political party that really carries the environmental agenda. Kasi mahirap kapag personal, yung taka nabawa. Itatakbo halimbawa si Lenny, itatakbo si Bibi, itatakbo si Isko. Sila ba'y makakalikasan? Hindi dapat gano'n eh. We look for a political party na dala na yung environmental agenda. And the only political party that carries that environmental agenda deep within the political party itself is Partido Lakas ng Masa. So, nakipag-usap kami sa Partido Lakas ng Masa at inadap kami ng PLM. Doon pa lang namin nakilala si Taliodi at si Atty. Luke. So ang aming basis ng uh, pagsama ay hindi personality, kundi ang platformang dinadala ng partido ng, ng PLM. So it's a stronger tie that, you know, uh, transactional politics and the traditional uh, uh, way of politicians to, you know, 
uh, being endorsed by political party sikat, kilala, may pangalan, di ba? Kung mananalo sila o hindi, dito iba. Tataforma talaga ang pinagkasunduhan namin dito. Alright, understood. So, you know, it's more about the belief system than anything else. Right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, sure. one, uh, I want to get to your platform, right? So, you do have this really unique platform wherein, you know, you got the letters of your last name and you put your platform <laughs> beside it. So, let's go first to letter, letter D, which is Declare Climate Emergency. So, my question to you is, what do you mean exactly by this? And why is it so important? Uh, the, the recent uh, IPCC report, it's uh, the UN Commission that's monitoring and researching about the current climate crisis, just released a uh, report, February 28, saying that we are about to surpass 1.5 degrees centigrade by 2028 to 1.8, no? And then by 2030, it should be 2 degrees so that means uh, today, up to 20, 38 years, that would be around five times na mas mainit. No? Pero ang masakaka pa ako nito, two weeks ago, there was a satellite imagery being shown na, na sabi naman ng scientists, we might end up with a temperature uh, about the same three million years ago. Ang ibig sabihin ng 3.8 degrees higher. So nakakatakot ito. Kaya sabi ko, may crisis sa klima. At although meron ng Climate Change Act, si dating Senator Ligarda, meron ng Climate uh, Emergency Resolution, this only a resolution, we need a law that declares the emergency so that we can have a nationwide assessment of all, of all the barangays. Sino ang tatamaan ng crisis? Anong klaseng pagtama? At paano i-address through technological means and through proper measures? Tapos saka natin pondohan para alam natin yung ating ginagawa. Kasi mahirap na, alam mo, oh, oh, nasira yung bahay, nagyan natin ulit, eh, eh, masisira naman ulit. So dapat, ang solusyon ay akma. Hindi lang sa pagtama ng, sa pabahay, ganun din sa ating pagkain, sa agriculture, we need proper solution. So that, when that time comes, the Philippines is ready. Kasi hindi tayo pwedeng umasa sa magsiro, magsiro, magsiro emission tayo. Tapos paano ko yung ibang bansa ay patuloy na hindi naman sumunod. So, kailangan natin maghanda with the eventual collapse that will that is happening right now. Kaya so yung inaunan natin. Yeah, so with that, so you want to declare a climate uh, emergency, right? Now, yes. I'm just wondering, when you do that, what are the resources that you will need to be able to... Okay, so the first question is, so after you declare that, what are the next actionable steps that will happen? So let's start out with that one. The, the first option would be the, the assessment of, of every barangay uh, to, to know ano yung uh, level ng, uh, ng epekto ng crisis sa lugar nila. For example, kayo nasa dalang pasigan, uh, uh, shoreline community, so yung pagtaas ng tubig may epekto sa'yo. Paano i-address yung mga tao nakatira doon? Paano maapektuhan yung kabuhayan and everything? Ang kasunod nun, yung research and development para you could give uh, proper solutions. Then after that, yung pagkakondo na to sa solutions like housing, uh, pagka-create ng mga climate resilient plants, pag-relocate ng tao, at marami pa iba. So parang it's a uh, it's a planning that involves both short-term 
the initial assessment, then short-term and long-term plans uh, for our country. Kasi tayo pinakapektado eh. Dahil we're an archipelagic country and uh, halos puro tubig tayo. So, apektado talaga tayo. Sobra. Yeah. So, with that one, uh, Mr. D'Angelo, I want to hear your opinion on this. So, a lot of people blame our... Because the Philippines, right? Pa the Pasig River is a nearly dead river. I know it's not yet dead from what I hear, but it's kind of getting dead, right? Then we have so many... Um, rivers, creeks, etc., that just have so much garbage, you know, from plastic bottles to sachet, sachets. Sorry, I have no idea what the, but yeah, to um, you know, pieces of sachet and things like that. And the the blame that a lot of people are saying is it's on our, it's on what you call it? it's on um, how much people are earning or about minimum wage in that sense. Because the whole point about, you know, let's say sachets, right, is because the point of the sachet is just in case if the person can't afford the bottle, you know, they can, they only get money per day, right? Not per month, not per week, etc. They buy the sachet. And after they use the sachet, they throw it, right? Because, of course, you know, when you calculate what comes out cheaper, bottles come out cheaper than sachets, right? So sachets, you cannot recycle those, to my knowledge, and they're just really polluting, Right, they're big pollutants. So when you hear that kind of argument made by people blaming how low our minimum wages, that people who are you know making minimum wage they can barely afford to you know the their day to day needs. Do you think that's where most of our pollution is coming from, or do you think there is something bigger than just that? I, I think the problem on Sashi, uh, you know, uh, there are ways to recycle those. No? So kung, uh, magkakaroon ng proper implementation ng ating ecological solid waste management at the LGU level with the participation of every individual, there is really a solution. Ang problema kasi marami sa ating local chief executives and local governments ay tamad mag-implement ng batas na ito. For example, yung ecological solid waste management, we need to amend that in order to have an economic provision Paano ba ikita yung mga barangay natin? Kasi most of the material recovery facilities natin ay nakatiwangwang. Kasi dapat, ang nakakolekta ng mga recyclables at mga ganitong sachet ay ang barangay. At kailangan nila itong i-proseso. Pwede rin nating sabihin sa mga tao, tulungan sila na mag-recycle kasi may mga drop-off points na ng basurang ganito, katulad ng daplap. Pwede kang dali nila doon, i-recycle nila. So, hindi nila kailangan talagang itapon. So, mahalaga yung participation ng locality, lalo na sa barangay. No? Kasi yung mga tao, usually, hindi nila alam yun eh. Kulang ng edukasyon yung tao. At kailangan talagang mag-function from the barangay level. Ang isa ko pa sinasuggest, if I win, we can create a law besides sa uh, total ba na single-use plastic, di ba? Ay yung buyback, uh, plastic buyback. Ibig sabihin, pag bumili ka ng sachet, Pwede mo itong ibenta pabalik sa nabili mong tindahan. At yung tindahan na yun, ibebenta rin pabalik sa malaking uh, malaking tindahan. At yung, halimbawa, for example, yung malaking tindahan na yun, they can sell it back to the manufacturer. At sila yung mga problema ng pagre-recycle ng uh, basura na yun at source. So ganun, okay. we, we just need to really create mechanism for these people to to participate. No? Okay, so sorry. 
sorry to cut you off now. So you mentioned that in the LJU, L, sorry, LJU level or local government unit level, you can have maybe some sort of driver in, let's say, for example, if I buy a sachet, I return it to my Sari Sari store or, you know, sell it back or whatever. Then you mentioned that um, you can collect that and basically sell it back to the manufacturers. Sure. Well, be the ones to decide okay how do we recycle this how do we you know get rid of it in such a way don't be polluted etc okay so my first question with that one is how do we get the participation of um the private businesses or the big businesses that manufacture these sachets because of course as a business right the main goal of having a business is so that you could earn money right profits etc so, you know, as a business, if you get this kind of waste, because sachets aren't, let's say, like glass bottles. Because you know how, for example, for beer companies, you give a deposit, then when you return the bottle, they give you back your deposit, right? And then that bottle goes back to the manufacturing plant. They just simply wash it, use it again, good to go. But with sachets, how will you be able to get the buy-in of these big, uh, private businesses that sila yung magpa-problema kung paano nila i-recycle yung mga to. Actually, kasi yung mga sachet na to, there are various projects that are using them. Eh. May mga gumagawa nga ng bag, gamit yan eh. May eco-bricks and other things. So, mas maganda kasi dito, sila yung gumagawa ng basura ito. Kung baga sila yung nagtatapo ng basura na to naman eh. Hindi naman yung tao eh. They're the ones actually producing them. So, let us make them responsible by Pumikita sila dyan, repondo sila dyan, they can make it part of their, their CSR. And the government can also have some incentive for these companies if they are fulfilling their duty of environmental protection. So that's one way of, of, of doing that. For example, merong uh, siguro tax incentive if they are really you know doing, doing the uh, proper waste management and reducing their waste output. Kasi yung problema kasi, sinisisi natin madalas ang consumer eh. Pero sa totoo lang, ang nagpo-produce naman ito, itong malalaking kumpanya. At, at uh, dahil gusto nga lang nilang kumita, they are profit-oriented, eh, wala silang pakialam kung magkaroon ng sobrang kalat sa mundo natin as long as kumikita sila. Which is wrong. They should be, uh, be the one responsible for cleaning this up because they are the one producing it in the first place. Okay, so you would offer it as like a CSR or maybe would you be willing to give any like tax cuts or tax discounts to them if they do this? Probably, yeah. Okay, so with that one, so aside from the manufacturers, right, because we talked about plastic bottles, um, sachets, all of these things, are there other, what are the other major pollutants you would say that causes so much pollution in the Philippines? Siguro una-una rin na uh, we, we, we also need to address is yung mga tao nakatira sa estero. Kasi the problem is uh, we can actually make them part of environmental protection. Ginawa na to ni Gina Lopez eh. Uh, I've been part of cleaning uh, estero de Paco and various esteros. Ang ginawa niya talaga, ginawa niya river warrior itong mga nakatira sa estero na ito. So, kumbaga responsable sila sa kalinisan, tinutulungan sila they will part of protecting the environment. Aside from that, providing livelihood for these people is key. So kasama dito yung pag-establish ng pwede nating ilipat yung ibang tao sa ibang lugar, gumawa ng green communes, nakasama yung environmental protection, livelihood, at hindi lang bahay. No, kasi 
talagang minsan kailangan mong ilayo talaga sa sa mga bodies of water na tulad ng estero yung mga tao kasi yung palikuran, problema din nila, di ba? Uh, karamihan dyan, hindi naman nabibigyan. So, pwedeng tulungan natin yan. Ang isa pang malaking pollutant na nakikita natin, nakikita ko, ay yung galing din sa pagbibida, yung mining. So, syempre, lalayo. Ngayon, allowed ang open pit mining. So, isa yun sa dapat din nating tigilan. Uh, iban natin yung open pit mining, magkaroon tayo ng mining moratorium so that we can protect our, you know, our natural resources, our mountains, our, our rivers and bodies of water, and then really have an alternative mineral management bill that will, you know, uh, produce and uh, use our resources for the benefit of the country. Kasi yung pagimina naman na to, eh, lupa yung ating ina-export eh. Raw mineral ore. We are, hindi tayo nakikinabang ng lumus dito. Pagbalik sa atin, bibili natin ang mahal. So, yun yung pangalawa sa nagpupulyot talaga sa atin. Yung pagkasira ng ating uh, kalikasan. Yeah. Okay. So, the next thing I want to ask you is, so what are other initiatives that you would do? So, aside from the LGU level, aside from, you know, those drives and all of those things, what are other big ideas you could give, uh, let's say, you in for Senate, that, you know, you'd be able to help lessen our pollution as soon as possible? Because I think the problem is more on, um, for the many decades that, you know, we've had lawmakers and such, there wasn't really one specific lawmaker who was able to be like, you know, guys, the plastic is going to our oceans in 2020. It's going to be a problem and all these things. So I guess it's more about the consistency and the quickness on how we could start cleaning up, right? And how we could start um, recycling out. So aside from those other initiatives that you mentioned, could you maybe give one to two more initiatives that you could suggest so that you know we could get people more involved in this? I think ang isa pang na kailangan natin gawin, magkaroon ng mandatory environmental officer ang lahat ng mga kumpanya especially the, the large corporations, to have mandatory environmental officers so that uh, mas maging madali yung pagko-coordinate sa kanila kung anong dapat gawin. Uh, pagkatapos nun, lagyan talaga ng criminal liability ang uh, environmental offenses, hindi lang multa, hindi lang closure, but pwede silang makulong dahil sa pagsira sa kalikasan. Mahalaga rin dito yung magkaroon ng participation, yung mga may green na and social enterprises na tumutulong maglinis sa kalikasan. Bigyan natin sila ng incentive, gawing bahagi ng, uh, ng mga efforts ng pamahalan. Kasi marami na yan eh. Marami na mayroong uh, technology ng mga enterprise sa ating bansa na Pilipino ang uh, nag-i-initiate. Pero hindi nabibigyan ng uh, suporta ng gobyerno. At pang-apat, apat na yung binigay ko, uh, napag-usapan namin to sa Quezon Province kanina, na yung mga, for example, sa malalapit sa dagat, Gawin natin, tayuan natin ang mga organization, ang mga, ang mga uh, pahing isda para sila mismo yung uh, magprotekta, madeputize sa DNR to protect the, uh, the bodies of water na malapit sa kanila para mas madali yung paglilinis. Let the people in the community be involved in protecting uh, the environment that they are living in. Alright, got it. All right. So if it's okay with you, we'll just move on to your other platforms, if, if that's okay with you. So let's go to letter A, which, which is adopt blockchain in governments and governance. Sorry. So please explain, like, what do you mean exactly by this? Because when people think of blockchain, 
They think of Medyo fintech. lalakad lang ako pababa ng basa. <laughs> oh, okay. Sure, no problem. Sure. Sige. Sige. So anyway, um, so to our viewers, sorry, Mr. D'Angelo is a very busy man and I'm just so happy that he's here actually. Uh, you know, he's able to make the time from, you know, campaigning and such. So while we're waiting for uh, Mr. D'Angelo to, you know, to, to be people and all, um, to our viewers, you know, if you have questions for Mr. D'Angelo, uh, you know, just simply comment them down below and we'll get to them as soon as possible. But yeah, but so far, guys, uh, thank you so much so far for viewing. Uh, let us know what questions you have for him, then we'll definitely get to it as soon as uh, possible. So, okay, lang naman, no problem. You can ask okay, the, okay. the second. All right. So, Mr. D'Angelo, you mentioned that you're going to block, you're going to adopt blockchain in governance. So, the first question is, what do you mean by this? Because like what I mentioned a while ago, when people hear blockchain, they think of fintech or financial technology, right? So, yeah, yeah. how would you adopt this in government? Like, in what way exactly? I think the, the, the most number of questions that I was asked was uh, the consistency with my environmental platform. Yung kasi tinatanong sa akin, sabi nila, hindi ba uh, blockchain is uh, anti-environment, nakakasira ng kalikasan, di ba? Yeah. Uh, kasi barang akala nila, uh, crypto, currency, and blockchain are the same. So sabi ko, I, am, I would like to adopt blockchain specifically for government contracts. Kasi uh, government contracts can be uh, in sync with smart contracts para it's transparent, uh, madaling matrigger yung mga, mga specifics ng contract at saka sa election, lalo na sa election process because there are blockchain technologies already na gumagamit, na ginagamit sa election. And with this, makapadali uh, yung ating election, pwede ka bumoto kahit nasa bahay ka with your mobile phone, hindi madadaya, hindi ma-intercept. Walang ibebentang SD card. So, mas mapalinis natin yung ating election. So, yung dalawang yun. Uh, government contracts and election, the election process. Okay. So, um, that is correct, no? Like what you mentioned. Uh, crypto, NFT, uh, those are the ones that take a lot of energy, take a lot yeah, of... Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. That's what destroys the uh, environment. So far, um, like what you've mentioned, there are no studies that I'm aware of wherein blockchain destroys the environment. So you mentioned that you'd use it for government contracts, you'd use it for everything. But sorry, if it's okay with you, um, because maybe we do have viewers who do not understand what blockchain is or how it works and all of these things. Could you maybe explain to them what it is in the most simplest way possible? Actually, I would I would admit I'm not an expert in ano, na, Paolo, in uh, blockchain, yeah. but I'm a fan of the technology since it's an, uh, it's an online technology that it's like an, a ledger online where uh, for every transaction, there's like a trace of it. So, hindi siya nababago, hindi siya napapaltan. Uh, you cannot really interfere with it. Pero, yung pag-explain na talagang very, very brief, I'm not uh, the expert on it, but they can, they can search about it. Uh, ang sakin lang, yung teknolohiya na ito ay napakaganda. Uh, kaya I want to really, with, with expert self, kasi sabi ko nga, I'm not an expert on it, with the expert self, we can explore this technology on how we can really use it to improve our government processes. Are there other countries that you're aware of abroad that are using blockchain 
for those I purposes. Think, yeah, in the US, I think it's already being used in uh, the mortgage industry. I think some parts of Sweden are already uh, thinking about using this for election. So, uh, maraming bansa na pinag-aaralan ito. At nakikita ko na sa Pilipinas, hindi tayo dapat mahuli. Kasi kung i-ignore natin to, eh, baka tayo mapag-iwanan. No? Yung sa crypto, I think ang dapat naman natin pag-aaralan ay yung paggamit ng green. Kasi may green crypto na. For example, uh, Dogecoin is a green crypto. Meaning, uh, wala, siya nang, wala na siyang ganong kalaking epekto sa kalikasan. Pero ang focus ko nga, sabi ko nga, ay doon muna sa primary na panlaban natin sa corruption. Sa number one problema ng pamahalaan natin, yung kontrata natin na tinatago, hindi natin alam kung pabor ba sa atin o hindi. At yung election natin na, siyempre, alam mo na, may mga nagbebenta ng SD card ng Smartmatic. Na pag nag-transmit nga, minsan nagkakaroon ng... Nang aberya, magkakaroon ng brownout. Walang tiwala yung tao sa election. So I think yun yung unang application na gusto nating tingnan kung pwedeng magamit doon. Okay. Well, I think that's going to be a bit radical though if you're able to if you're able to, you know, do that here in the Philippines. I mean, just staying at home, you know, maybe go through an app or something and just vote who you want to vote for. So, Matatalino that, naman kasi tayo, Paolo. I think, so I think the Filipino people deserve something really better. Kasi yeah. dati gano'n naman tayo eh. Tayo ay nag-iisip ng uh, very creative and innovative ideas. So I, hindi dapat tayo pahuli. The Filipinos deserve the best that they can have. And we have to dream the best for our country. Yeah. So with that one, uh, yeah, because can you imagine that you could just be at home, relaxing, open up an app, right, on that specific time. Ang ano kasi dyan, explain ko lang ng konti yung nakita ko na isang uh, technology yung ginagamit. Parang sure, kada, sure. yeah, every voter is given like a voter's token. So pag nag-sign na, na pag nag-login ka dun sa app na yun, pipili uh, ka ng kandidato, then through the voter token, magkakaroon ng identity verification. So doon ka lang boboto. Yung token ay hindi may intercept yun kasi yung data niya ay uh, highly encrypted in blockchain technology. So yung bilangan nun, imagine mo, once na nag-vote ka, automatically bilang na kagad yung boto mo. So pag-close nung poll siguro, siguro kung magko-close na ka stress, probably by 3.30 or 4 p.m., the winners of the election are already known. Ganon kabilis. Yeah. So with that one though, um, do you have an idea yet on how much budget you would need so that you could um, finance this? That we still have to to look at it and study the the financial uh, cost of the technology. I cannot I cannot really uh, mahirap mag uh, maghula ngayon magbigay ako ng cost ako smale. Uh, we we, ha- we still have to to do our research and consultation about it together with with experts and other stakeholders. All right, uh, I think that's fair. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk to you about next is the letter N, which is New and Alternative Minerals Management. So what does that mean exactly? Uh, actually, kasi gaya nga nasabi ko sa'yo kanina, Paolo, no? the, one of our worst uh, problem in the country is really mining. Kasi di ba yung nangagsasabi, I, I, I'm sure narinig mo, uh, mining naman daw ay uh, mahalaga, very responsible mining naman daw. Pero the truth is, there's no such thing as responsible mining. Kasi kung sa nagmina ka, 
yung nasisira sa environment ay sira na. Hindi mo na siya pwedeng ibalik. So, there's no such thing as responsible mining. So, ang gusto nating mangyari, unang-una, magkaroon ng ban sa open pit mining. This the, ito ang pinakamaduming uri ng pagimina. Yung nangyari sa Marinduke noon is caused by open pit mining. So, iba natin yon. Pangalawa ay moratorium. Uh, tumigil muna yung pagimina. Pansamantala, para ma-audit natin yung lahat ng mining companies, we have more than, I think, 300 uh, mining companies ma-audit sino yung sumusunod at sino yung nagpo-pollute. No? So, from there, maparusahan natin yung nagpo-pollute. Kasi kailangan maparusahan yan. Eh. Sumisira sila ng kalikasan. No? At pangatlo ay yung alternative minerals management kung saan i-identify natin ano ba yung uh, minang kailangan lang natin ng ating bansa. Ano yung primary need ng country natin. At magkaroon tayo ng uh, mining idea beyond or uh, mineral ore exportation. Kasi nagmimina tayo ng ore, in-export lang natin. Tapos uh, bibili tayo ng, uh, ng finished product galing na sa ibang bansa. So bakit hindi natin uh, dito sa bansa natin minahin, di ba? Dito sa bansa natin iproseso para tayo ang makikinabang. So yun yung ating uh, tinitingnan doon. And there's already a bill, a pending bill in the, in the House, which is the Alternative Minerals Management Bill, na supportado ng uh, Alianza Tigil Mina at iba pang organization. I think even fellow senatorable like Teddy Bagilat is supporting this. At ako at si Luke and si Roy ay sumusuporta din dito. So I have a question though for you, Mr. D'Angelo. So you did bring up a good point wherein there's supposed responsible mining and all these things because we do have a law, right, that says that if you do mining, for example, um, let's say, you know, I do open pit or whatever, I have to plant, again, the trees that I cut down and stuff, right? But the problem is um, the legal mining, I guess, follows that, but the illegal mining does not, right? So my question is, do you know how many trees we've lost because of the mining? problem kasi ito yung isa pang pananaw na kailangan natin ma-correct, no? Kapag nasisira yung, for example, puno, hindi nakikita ng marami na ang, napupu- ang nawawala dito ay hindi lang naman puno, no? Ang nawawala dito ay biodiversity. Kasi sinabi natin biodiversity, when you cut down the trees, yung pong uh, quality ng lupa ay nasisira. Yung nilalang mula dun sa soil, sa gitna ng puno, sa himpapawid, at yung nakatira sa puno, ay nawawala lahat yan. So, kahit kung paibalik yung puno, you cannot return the lost biodiversity. At yun ang kahalagahan ng forest. Mahalaga ang forest dahil sa biodiversity nito, hindi lang dun sa puno. Kasi so, ang, ang mga mining companies, sinasabi, kaya naman namin taniman uli yan. E kung napatag mo na yung kabundukan, paano yung pagpigil nun sa mga bagyo? So hindi na ito mababalik. Ang ating forest cover ay nasa 13% na lang. No? Napaka-delikado na nito. At pawala pa rin ito ng pawala. And the lost biodiversity is even greater. So, madali po ibalik ang puno. Although it will take years, pero yung biodiversity, napakahirap mong ibalik yan. Hindi natin kayang ibalik yan na walang biodiversity. So with that one, I want to ask you, because uh, there's some controversial things that happen, right? It's not really related to mining anymore, sorry. It's more about 
cutting down. So SM Baguio, I think it was maybe five or six years ago, give or take, had to cut down thousands of pine trees from Baguio um, just so that they could extend their parking and all these things. And when you look in Makati, right, um, there used to be a for, not really a forest, sorry, but there used to be like this park where it was filled with trees. It was like a, it was like a tree um, safe haven, really. But then you know they had to start cutting them down to make a park and all of these things. So if you do become senator, and there are issues like that in the LGU level, where in the allow us, yeah, sure, cut down trees, cut down trees for your parking, for your buildings, and things like that. Would you pass a law that would? Um, Limit it very extremely to the point that you know it would be difficult to cut down trees. It will take a lot of processes. I think about or how do you approach this? Because like what you mentioned, it's not just simply about changing trees or sorry, about replacing trees, but it's difficult to replace the biodiversity that was lost, right? Whether animals, insects, organisms, etc. So what would you do if you're in the Senate and you see these kinds of issues in the LPA? I think ang dapat gawin dito ay baguhin yung uh, building code. No? Uh, ayusin natin yung building code, i-implement natin, i-incorporate natin yung green architecture sa building code na kung saan uh, itong mga punong ito ay maiging bahagi ng design at structure ng mga building na gagawin. Kung may expansion man, uh, this tree should not be cut down but should form part of the design of the building So talaga kailangan maprotektahan to na kasi kukunti na nga lang at bigyan din natin ng incentive yung mga businesses that will really uh, uh, create an extra effort in doing this. Kasi I think sa US naman, sa ibang bansa, yun ang ginagawa. If you are really uh, promoting green architecture and uh, even green energy in your businesses, there are incentives being given by government. Kasi nung nagkaroon ng putulan talaga sa SM Baguio, ay um, an event, as an event organizer, isa sa mga nag-organize ako ng event ay SM. So tinutulang ko yun kasi nasa green party ako. Sabi sa akin ni SM, baka hindi ka na magka-event sa mga SM mo. Sabi ko wala akong pakialam. Kasi sa tingin ko mali yung ginawa talaga ng, ng SM Baguio doon. So yung mga punong tinanggal na yun, hindi naman kailangan matanggal pa. Pwede naman gumawa ng paraan to green architecture para masama itong mga punong ito sa design ni SM Baguio. Kaso, wala. Na, sabi na na earthball. Ang problema ka sa earthballing, halos ang nabubuhay lang dyan ay 10. Pinakamataas na yung 10% ng in-earthball mo mabubuhay. Swerte ka kung magkaka-20% ka, pero I doubt it na lalaki ng ganun. So with that one, I guess the question, the hypothetical question is, What do we prioritize? Do we prioritize the economy or do we prioritize the environment? Because, you know, both sides have great arguments, right? I mean, for the side of the environment, we talk about without the environment, we can't survive, right? If we don't have any food to eat, we don't have any clean air to breathe or clean water to drink, etc. But then, you know, some economists will say that the economy is most important because if there are no jobs, if there are no... Um, ways to make money, then people won't be able to to buy the things that they need, whether it's food, clothing, shelter, etc. So that argument, which of the two do you think is most important? I think ang pinakamaganda dito, hindi ko lang alam yung exactong phrase, pero parang there's, I think, a saying na 
until the last three is cut, until the last river is uh, is uh, gone, that man will realize that he cannot eat money. So, para sa akin, mas mahalaga ang kalikasan kesa sa bagay na ito. And we are using the wrong measure of development. GNP and GDP is is not the right measure of development. Kasi this measure of development and progress is not measuring human resources and it's not measuring natural resources. So we are part of uh, well, uh, well, the, the campaign to use well-being economy. is already being used by Nordic, some of the Nordic countries. Pag sinabi natin well-being economy, kasama dito yung value ng nature at yung value ng human resources. So with that, we can have a new perspective of development, which is more than sustainable development. Uh, it's uh, towards a circular economy where everything is measured, not only, you know, not only capitalism. Kasi ang pera ay uh, bunga ng isang kapitalistic na, na pananaw. And capitalism will not save our future. It will continue to destroy our future. Naayaw naman natin siguro mangyari. Yeah. Okay. Understood. So the next thing I want to ask you is about your green and affordable energy. So what do you mean by this? Like, what is green and affordable energy for you? Like, what are your plans for this? I think the the, the biggest thing about renewable energy is akala nila na kailangan lang mag-shit sa, sa renewable energy. For example, solar. Oh, let's go solar. So kailangan natin palang magtayo ng malalaking solar farms. I-convert natin to mga land into solar farms. Ang pananaw kasi dito, dapat ilipat natin ang production ng energy sa mga communities. No? Uh, the communities can can decide ano bang nasa lugar nila. They can use tidal, they can use mini hydro, solar, kung may geothermal, maganda. So, when you create community grids na ang, ang community nag, nag, nagpapawa, nagpapatakbo, mas makakamura yung komunidad. For example, you can install solar Uh, panels sa mga bubong ng bahay nyo, connected to a community grid. So, hindi dapat tayo nakapokus lang sa commercial and large-scale renewable energy solutions. Kasi mahal ito eh. Kapag, again, kapag private-oriented yung kumpanya nagpapatakbo, kahit sabihin mong renewable, mahal pa rin sa taong bayan. So, kailangan tingnan natin yung solusyon na nakabase sa komunidad at sa lokal ng mga tao. So you mentioned about um, solar panels. I think you're fine with wind energy as well, right? Yeah. Um, but yes. what do you think about nuclear energy? Let's assume though, okay, so let's assume that, you know, we get the best scientists. Um, there's no corruption if we build a new nuclear power plant or anything. Let's just say it's world-class. It has all the standards, etc. But would you support nuclear energy in the Philippines for as long as, again, you know, it's done properly, Um, and there's no corruption, so the materials that were used are, of course, fine and all these things. Kung titignan mo, yung Japan ay ganun na yung sitwasyon, di ba? But they still have the nuclear disaster in Fukushima. Yung Russia, nung panahon na yun, they have the best, but they still have the disaster. Ang problema kasi, it will take just one accident para mag-trigger yun. And considering na may climate crisis tayo, We're in a temperate, temperate uh, you know, a country that's mainit talaga at uh, maliit yung bansa natin. Medyo mahirap ang uh, 
current uh, nuclear technology to adapt in our country. Uh, the good news is, although medyo matatagalan pa ito, there's a new technology, still nuclear, that talks about uh, the reverse uh, uh, ano yata to, parang fusion, uh, fusion, nuclear fusion, kung saan mas lesser yung uh, radioactive emission. So, I think last month, uh, magpunista sila ng 10 megawatts ng power in 10 seconds. So, ito, pag na-develop ito, mas okay itong uh, nuclear uh, concept na ito. Or, we could look into uh, uh, tinatawag natin ng mini uh, nuclear uh, power. Pero still, medyo delikado kasi talaga pag nagkaroon ka lang ng isang aksidente, uh, hindi mo kaya uh, ayusin eh, ng isang uh, generasyon yung radioactive emission. Yun yung kinakatakot natin. Okay. Fair enough. So, you mentioned that you would put solar panels in houses. Uh, would you be open to also to putting these on top of private buildings, government buildings, etc.? Yes, yes, definitely. Actually, even sa schools, yung uh, green schools, dapat kasama yan. Kasama na rin yung mga rainwater catchers na uh, pwede nating uh, gawin. No? Kasi malaki talaga matitipid sa, sa kuryente. And it should be connected to a grid. Para kung may sobra, pwede may bahagi sa, sa iba na kinukulang naman. So yun yung tingnan natin. So with that one though, you'd have to somehow get the buy-in of Maralco uh, and things like that, right? So how would you be able to get the buy-in from them? Actually, kung community grid ang tinitingnan natin, hindi mo kailangan mag-ano pa sa Meralco kasi kung komunidad, for example, a small barangay community would install a solar power grid into their community. Hindi mo na kailangan ang approval ni Meralco. The community can do that. Pero ang yeah. you still need uh, large-scale power generation. Pero dapat ito ay limitado lang kasi kung gagawa ka ng mga solar farms, maapektuhan din naman yung yung uh, agriculture natin. And at the same time, yung wasting sa mga battery, itignan din natin na malesen yun na uh, maayos na tingnan natin na yung technology gagamitin natin sa storage ay uh, makabago rin. Kasi meron naman, ang technology naman ng battery storage ngayon ay hindi nakagaya 10 years ago. It's a way, way, way uh, advanced right now. At mura na, nagbaba na rin ang cost ng, ng solar. Hindi rin naman solar lang yung titignan natin. Kasi depende rin sa, sa local community na mag implement Like kung mayroon sila doon, uh, pwedeng mini hydro. Di ba? Kung pwedeng mini hydro yung gamitin nila. Kung pwedeng tidal. Mas malapit sila sa dagat. Uh, na maalon. Pwede rin yung wind. Meron ang tinatawag pa na offshore wind power generation na ilalagay mo sa gitna lang uh, ng dagat. Di ba? So may mga ganun pwedeng gamitin. Okay, so the next thing I want to get to is educational reform. And this is actually something I'm very passionate about myself. So I would like to ask you, what do you think is the number one problem with the Philippine educational system? What do you think is the number one problem? I think I'm really inspired when I became part of the campaign of Nicanor Perlas in 2010. I'm part of the national campaign of Nicky Perlas. 
Yeah. At yung kanyang paglalabi na i-shift yung education sa multiple intelligence, kagaya ng Waldorf, uh, Waldorf education ay napagandang uh, pattern, no? Kung saan multiple intelligence yung ginagamit. Ibig sabihin, hindi lang academic, kundi the educational system will become a school of life. So, pati yung mga nalang-academic like uh, arts appreciation, culture, uh, yung iba pang talent ng bata ay uh, madedevelop. Hindi lang yung pag hindi ka matalino, hindi ka magaling sa mati, parang excluded ka na. So, yun yung uh, kailangan natin ayusin. A more holistic uh, educational system. So, with that one, um, because, you know, we hear a lot of news about public schools in a very negative way. Like, when you compare educational system against RSC and neighbors, if we're not last, we're probably second or third to the last. Then when you hear all these different things were in the school books, for example, like an English textbook, it's all wrong grammar, wrong spelling, uh, and these kinds of things. So for you, how would you make sure that once Mr. D'Angelo is in the Senate, how would you be able to make sure that we improve? I mean, it doesn't need to be a drastic improvement in a very short amount of time, right? But it's more about the consistency, right? So, yeah, please go ahead. I think yung namimish dito ay yung we need to really improve the the participation of community, the community, the parents, the teachers, and the school in improving education. Kasi akala lang magulang, pag pinadala mo yung anak mo sa school, school lang bahala. So hindi dapat ganun. Dapat ang magulang, ang komunidad, ay kabahagi ng edukasyon. Tapos sa edukasyon natin na tinuturo, dapat experiential learning. So we also need to teach our teachers kung paano ba yung pagtuturo na experiential, na mas uh, nakaparticipate yung bata, nakatuto sila, na-encourage sila. Hindi sila nabobor kasi hanggang ngayon yung Diba, puro alas enumeration, uh, pilit na blank. This is, ikaw ba, nabobor ka eh, di ba? Dati ka, nung way back nung panahon ko, tinutulugan ko yung mga kanya. So, dapat mas, mas ma-improve on how we uh, we make uh, teaching relevant to the current age of uh, our country and, uh, you know, the trends that's happening right now. So, my question to you is, would you support a movement that requires, or not requires, but wherein they would want critical thinking classes to start as early as grade one in public schools. Wherein, of course, in grade one, they'll have to develop it in such a way that a grade one student will understand. But do you think that it's necessary to have a critical thinking class as early as grade one so that output uh, that public schools make in terms of students, you know, students are become, you know, become more intelligent or they are aware of more things. Do you think that adding a critical thinking class would fix that? Or if not, what do you think would fix that? I think ang unang-unang dapat gawin, maganda yung educational system pattern sa Japan, ang unang-unang dapat gawin ay values formation ng mga bata. So I think yung ating kinder and primary level should focus on values formation. Simula natin dun sa kultura, ituro natin ang kultura, ang arts, at ang values sa mga bata, sa mga maagang edad, sa primary level, yun ang ating gawin focus. Walang exam. Huwag natin simulan sa exam kasi parang bata pa lang, exam na kagad yung ating pinagagawa. So, simulan natin sa values formation talaga. Pagkatapos nun, yun yung kaya na sila sa'yo, critical thinking, saka natin i-inject kasi 
Ang una nating dapat i-develop ay yung karakter ng tao, yung identity niya. At mula doon, hindi na natin kailangan persahing mag-aral kasi alam na niya bakit mahalaga na nag-aaral ako, anong parte ko sa lipunan, ba't ko ito kailangan gawin. I think yun ang namimiss natin. Masyado natin pinagmamadali ang mga bata na matuto dito sa utak pero nahuhuli yung kanilang empathic ability, yung kanilang puso, nahuhuli natin i-develop. Punahin natin muna yung mahalaga sa formasyon ng pagkatao ng mga Pilipinas. Alright. So the next thing I want to ask you, um, Mr. D'Angelo, is so let's go to letter L, which is legislative, sorry, legislate environmental code amendments. So what do you mean by this? Yung, yung codification ng ating environmental laws ay napakahalaga. Kasi di ba we have, we have the local government code. So I'm thinking na para padali ito, i-codify natin yung mga batas uh, into one law para mas madaling uh, pasundan ang ating mga LGUs. Kasi yung ating uh, uh, environmental code of the Philippines dati, ang nakalagay lang dyan ay clean air. So i-update natin para mas maging holistic at uh, ma-encompass yung mga iba pang batas na nagawa na para the local government unit can implement it uh, properly and easily. Tulungan natin yung LGUs natin na makapunction ng maayos. Okay. Now, when it comes to... So the last letter in your platform, of course, is letter O, which is organic farming and food sovereignty. So with that being said, what laws would you create or support for this organic farming and food sovereignty? So yung 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 uh, focus natin actually sa dito man dito muna tayo. Dali lang ah, wala muna. Sure, sure. All right, no worries. So while we're waiting for Mr. D'Angelo again guys, uh if you have any questions for him, please do comment them down below. Uh and we'll definitely get to them you know, as soon as possible. And I'd like to, you know, give a shout out again to our sponsors, uh, Swagat Indian Cuisine, Derm Nature, and Mask and More Manila. Again, it's very important for us to support um, small businesses, especially local businesses and such. So, Mr. D'Angelo, if once you're ready, do please yeah. let us... Oh, you're good. Okay, great. So, organic farming, uh, what laws would you support or create to support this? Let's go with that one first. Ang una-una kasing focus natin talaga, di ba, we are, many of us are saying food security. Ibig sabihin, kailangan na may pagkain ng Pilipino. Pero ang problema kasi, uh, kailangan makapag-produce tayo ng sarili nating pagkain. Kasi baka in the future with the climate crisis and everything, wala na tayong ma-import. So it's about time that we really focus on our farmers, on our agriculture. So unang-una, kailangan natin i-repeal itong price tariffication law na nagpahirap sa ating mga magsasaka no na talaga namang 11 pesos yata ang presyo ng uh, bigas so nakakaawa yung ating mga magsasaka pangalawa kailangan nating uh, uh, i-develop yung uh, focus sa organic uh, farming less use of uh, really chemical pesticides at hindi lang yung organic farming kasama dito yung mga iba pang uh, bagong kaalaman tulad ng permaculture ng agroecology farming kasi marami rin sa atin magsasaka ay uh, monocropping pagpalay, palay lang so paano pag wala kang palay so hindi anihan so wala ang kakainin walang ibang ibang uh, pwedeng gamitin doon so gamitin natin yung agroecology farming pero ang isa pang sinasuggest ko 
sabi ko, kung kalagang kailangan natin mapakain ng mamayang Pilipino, baka naman posible na yung mga magsasaka natin ay uh, gawin din natin parang mga teachers na, alam mo yan, uh, i-employ ito ng gobyerno, meron kang sakahan, i-employ ka ng gobyerno, sesweldohan ka ng gobyerno to produce the food that we need. Nang sa ganun, yung mga anak nila, pwede na rin magtrabaho, binamagsasaka, kasi employado ka na ng gobyerno, no? Hindi ka naman mong problema ng uh, pataba mo, hindi ka mong problema kung babagyo, hindi ka mong problema kung nabagka-utang, kasi baon sa utang ating mga magsasaka, nagbabayad pa ng patubig. So, with that, may sweldo. For example, ang sweldo ng uh, 30,000, 40,000 naman, for example, and then ang gobyerno ang, ang kukuha ng kanyang pinoproduce at nagwebenta sa tao ng, uh, ng pagkain na ito. Pero hindi ibig sabihin naman ay bawal na yung yung uh, private farming. So ang gusto mo mag-farm pa rin na ikaw lang, wala na ang problema. Pero I think it's about time that we focus on really providing food for the Filipino people. Kasi may crisis nga tayo sa klima eh. Kung hindi natin ito sasagutin yung pagkain at eh, magugutom tayo. Eh paano kung wala rin maproduce sa ibang bansa? Saan tayo kukuha ng pagkain natin? So, so yung, um, uh, yes. Yeah, no, sorry, please go ahead. Yeah. So I think yung pinaka-neglected na bahagi ng ating bansa na tayo ay pinakamayaman, bigyan na natin ng tamang atensyon. Hindi lang puro salita. Kasi napansin ko, parang ang dami biglang pro-agriculture ngayon na dati, hindi naman sinasabi. Dami biglang nag-pro-agriculture. Pero hindi kasi ganun kasimple. Madaling sabihin, I, I had been you know, actively voting for people that supporting this. Pero pag nakaupo na, anong ginawa na? Paktora. O, oh, kailangan paktora. Hindi kasi dapat ganun eh. Bukod doon sa sinabi ko, kailangan din konsultahin yung mga mismong involved na nandun. Kasi you cannot really apply uh, one solution to every part of the country. These people needs to be involved in the planning para alam natin kung ano ba talaga yung dapat natin gawin. Hindi naman kasi genius ang mga senador na alam lahat. So as a senator, we need to really consult uh, especially the stakeholders. Kaya yung Solusyon ko sinasabi ngayon, baka mamaya ay hindi naman pala yun ang solusyon. So we will involve really the, the farmers as well and other stakeholders like Mahing Isda, itong mga producer natin ng vegetable to come up with a really holistic and long-lasting, yun ang mahalaga, dapat long-lasting solution to the issues that they are facing right now. So with that being said, um, one of your solutions is you'd want to get, you know, like these independent farmers and make them into uh, employees of the government. Yeah, right? yes. I mean, give them that option that, you know, we'll pay you, you know, a certain amount, basta you give us crops and all these things. So this kind of opens, like, many doors in that sense, right? Uh, in terms of, like, one, the first question is, will the government dictate to these farmers, you know, if they do become employees, like, which crops that they have to plant? Because, of course, Shemper, like, if you're an employee of the government, the government needs to sell these produce and they would sell the produce or, you know, choose vegetables or fruits that to, that are to be grown are the ones that will earn the most money. But what about, you know, because when you look at the prices of vegetables, right, um, Ampalaya at times could be very cheap, at times it can be very expensive, but then we have cheaper crops like kamote, malunggay, things like that. So my question is, would there be a way wherein the government or how you would do it is, would you say that farmers from these regions, because of, let's say, the climate or whatever, 
here's the list of crops that you can grow. Tapos in this region, kasi mas malamig or something, you grow potatoes or whatever, etc., etc. Is that how you would go about it or how would it work? I think the, the the implementation of that would depend on really consultation with the stakeholders and experts. Because I cannot, that's one way of doing it, but I I cannot say that's that's the only way of doing it. Because it's hard to say that I only have to I have this idea, but I still have really to consult with experts and the people itself, the farmers itself. Okay ba sa kanila yung idea nito? Ano ba yung dapat talagang gawin na yung sa sinasabi mo? Ito ba ay feasible? So we still need to to consult the, the communities itself before we fully uh, enact or implement the law. Okay, so with that one though, uh, Mr. D'Angelo, so with, with that one, um, so you mentioned that, you know, of course the farmers are stakeholders, the government, etc. And that, you know, you want to make them employees, but where will you get the budget for this? Because of course, you know, let, let's, um, let, let's, it, let's discuss how it's being done right now. So, you know, if you're an independent farmer from a far-flung province, your only hope is for middlemen to buy your crops. But a lot of the time, these middlemen uh, buy your crops so cheap that you're lucky to break even, right? So, obviously, it's going to cost a lot of money from, let's say, um, let's say you have crops from, for example, let's say Abra going to Metro Manila. That will cost a lot because of the trucks, the gas, the the salary of the truck drivers, etc. Then you have to pay for the farmers their monthly salary. Um, of course, they're going to get their benefits, the SSS, PhilHealth, etc. So it's going to cost a lot of money. So I'm wondering, where will you get the budget for this? I think the middlemen will not the government will directly uh, get the get the get the produce from them. So yung yung specifics kasi talaga kailangan nating ayusin. Pero isa sa nakikita nating uh, first ng budget is really I think panahon na magkaroon muna ng moratorium din sa debt servicing no kasi 60% ay nagbabayad tayo ng utang. Baka naman pwede na uh, pagbigyan muna tayo like a uh, 5 years to 6 years moratorium for us to really uh, get our acts together with our country kasi baon na baon na tayo sa utang in this government lang na doble yung utang ng lahat ng presidente na nakaraan na hindi ko malaman kung paano nangyari na from 6 6 6 lang naging 12 na di ba? parang sabi ko saan napunta lahat yun eh, hindi naman natin naikita di ba? except for the formally cases so I think isa yun Pangalawa, I, I also support the wealth tax that's being advocated by uh, Partido Lakas ng Masa, Jody and Walden, na magkaroon ng wealth tax yung uh, upper bracket ng mayaman to, to help uh, support uh, basic social services. So pwedeng yun doon manggaling. In the end, uh, isa pa sa bukod doon sa employment, pwede naman ang gawin natin para mas makabilis uh, ay eliminate din muna natin yung middleman na sinasabi mo. Kung hindi mo na pwede na ganyan players lang government, eliminate mo natin yung middleman. At itong mga farmer center, kasi meron ng mga farmer center na tinatawag eh. Like dito sa Bulacan, meron. Pero yung building, naging, naging building lang na walang function. So gawa natin na talaga mag-function itong mga farmer center na ito na maibenta ng mga magsasaka direkta muna doon sa locality yung produce niya. So pag, wala nang, pag may sobra, ang government ang tumulong. 
para itong mga produkto na ito ay mailabas sa mga magsasaka. Okay, so with that one, I want to ask you. So, you know, when you go to when you look at the EU, right, or the European Union, there's a lot of tax breaks uh, or concessions for people who sell handmade food. Uh, what do I mean by this? Uh, so let's say, for example, let's say I'm a cheese farmer, right? So, you know, I, I get my own cows, I get the milk, then I make my cheese. But it's all handmade. There's no, like, um, industrial machine that just puts powder, water, mix, 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 then cheese comes out, right? This is like the natural process and all these things. Would you support any bill or law that would give these kinds of concessions to small-time companies or small-time farmers or independent farmers that would make healthy, um, handmade food? Definitely, yes. I would support that and I even support to give incentives, tax breaks to not only those but green enterprises in particular. So even beyond food, like yung mga gumagamit ng recycling, nag-upscaling ng products, mga organic produce like coffee and such, supportahan, susuportahan na. Kailangan natin masuportahan yan. Green enterprises, yan, in general. Okay. So with that one, uh, the next thing I want to talk about is food sovereignty. Uh, so why don't you um, tell us what does that mean exactly for those who may not know what that means? It actually means that we produce our own food and we, we, we feed our, our people based on our own uh, products and uh, food production. So focus is uh, production and not the importation of uh, <clears throat> Of, uh, produce from other countries kasi sa ngayon bahang-baha tayo ng mga kamatis, mga sibuyas na galing sa ibang bansa tapos yung produkto natin dito diba, minsan sinusunog binabao na lang kawawa yung mga magsasaka natin so mag-focus muna tayo sa, sa mga produkto natin dito sa atin para pakainin at pangkilikin ng sarili nating kababayan So when it comes to food wastage Mr. D'Angelo what would you do about that? Like, what are your plans about food wastage? Because here's the thing. Um, there's a lot of mass uh, mass fishing, right? Wherein we have these huge boats. Um, I'm, I'm not talking about the independent farmers because obviously they don't have huge boats. But, you know, these bigger enterprises or these bigger companies, they send out these huge boats. Then they get, like, these big nets and get, like, tons and tons and tons of fish. And at the end of the day, some of these fish just don't get sold. Right, so how would you protect the environment in that sense from overfishing? I think yung sagot jan ay uh, hindi ko pwedeng sagotin sa ngayon. We need to consult uh, uh, experts and stakeholders involved. Kasi I might I might propose something na hindi naman appropriate. So tingnan natin kung ano yung pwede nating solusyonan jan. Kasi that's also a very big issue. Kasi kailangan na Hindi tayo mag-overfish so that we will have fish for the long for the longest period of time. Pero dun sa mga lugar na, for example, threatened na yung resource na yan, like sa Laguna Dibay, diba? yeah. Nag nagpunta tayo dun, and we meet the fisher folks na talagang wala nang mahuli, I think mahalaga na yung conservation ay involved itong mga fishermen na ito. Hindi lang gobyerno ang dapat kasali. Kailangan involve yung local community Para sa ganun, alam nila kung paano, kano kahalaga yung pagprotekta, ano yung tamang huli, at sila na rin yung uh, ma-deputize ng, uh, ng uh, 
ng DNR and ng Department of Fisheries to protect the area. Para in the long term, sila rin yung makikinabang doon. Diba? Not the big companies. Unahin yung mga nandun na talagang tunay na magsasaka, na maliliit, na mahingisda. At iko, kung kaya i-cooperativize sila, gawin kooperatiba, mas maganda. Rather than individual, you know, individual fishermen competing with each other, gawing, gawing enterprise, uh, bigyan ng entrepreneurial spirit yung mga maliliit nating mahingisda. Okay. So I'm curious, uh, Mr. D'Angelo, no, because you are running for senator, and that is one of the highest positions in the land, right, aside from president and vice president. So I'm curious, uh, you have so many ideas that, you know, when you first hear it, it makes a lot of sense. It sounds very revolutionary. It could change the life of so many people. It could change how things are done in our country. But I'm just wondering, um, how, many, how many experts have you consulted so far for your platform? Magandang question yan. No? <laughs> Actually kasi yung ating nilalatag na plataforma ay bunga ng observation natin sa napakatagal na panahon. Bunga rin ng ito ng mga inatenda natin as an environmentalist, as somebody who has been part of the Asia-Europe Youth Network for Sustainable Development. So itong mga suggestion na ito ay bunga ng experience natin na matagal nang gustong mangyari, na hindi nangyayari, uh, na gusto natin gawin, no? Pero sabi ko nga, uh, when we win in the Senate, we still have to do further research on that. At uh, sa tingin ko naman, marami na rin tayong tinanong at sabi nila ay maganda itong mga proyektong ito. Pero yung nitty-gritty details ng mga batas na ito, yun ang kailangan nating isangguni through the stakeholders and the experts. Kasi dapat nating ma-realize, kaya nga sabi ko, nanonood ako ng SMNI debate at may, may nagtatanong doon na professor na para na thesis, di ba? Kasi senator is not supposed to be the, the all genius and all-knowing person, even the president. Kasi kung ikaw lang yung may alam, delikado yun. Hindi mo na kailangan ng ibang tao. So I'll be somebody that will event, that will really consult uh, experts and stakeholders in really implementing all of this. Kasi dapat kung ma-realize at ang lahat ng likod bayan na sila ay bahagi ng isang lipunan at mahalaga ang input ng bawat tao sa saamang batas na gagawin natin. Alright, so we're done with your platform, Mr. D'Angelo, but we do still have a few more questions for you, if that's okay. Uh, but, no do you need to, but do you need to catch a ride or something? Because if you do, you can like go to your next ride well, if you want. Wala pa naman. Uh, it's okay. Ah, okay. Alright, so there are some other um, concerns that progressive people in the Philippines uh, want to know, right? Because when you compare the Philippines to other countries, we do have some draconian laws, right? Or some draconian beliefs that are extremely outdated and are very hurtful uh, to a lot of people. So my first question to you is, when it comes to the anti-terror law that was recently passed, I think that was maybe around last year, give or take, where it feels like a whole Big Brother situation, would you start or be a part of a movement that would um, amend that law and stop it from, you know, or stop it from continue from continuing on to becoming a law? I think the current anti-terror law, ay, uh, anti-people. Hindi ko maintindihan bakit na alaw ng Korte Suprema yung mga unconstitutional provisions nito, like yung 
uh, pag-aresto ng walang warrant, yung detention, extended detention. I think kailangan i-repeal ang anti-terror law. Pero we also need to study a law that would really protect our country from the real the real terrorists. Kasi may terorismo naman talaga. Pero yung yeah. current version ng anti-terror law is really... Uh, I don't know if uh, terorista ba ang, kaila, ang gustong uh, manmanan o yung mga magdideset na taong bayan at ayaw sa namamahala. So yun yung pananaw ko dyan. Tanggalin natin yan kasi it's really anti-people. Okay. The next thing I want to ask you is uh, people, there are a lot of women right now who want women empowerment, right? They want to be able to decide for themselves. They don't want men to decide for them what's, you know, for their bodies and things like that, right? So uh, you, you may correct me if I'm wrong, but when it comes to abortion here in the Philippines, the only thing that is acceptable is medical abortion because, you know, let's say the woman's about to give birth and we cannot stop it, right? There are situations where in, you know, you have to choose between, you know, the, the woman or the baby, right? And there are times that they choose the woman, so the baby has to be aborted. But would you support uh, either the legalization or the decriminalization of abortion in the Philippines? I, I'm, I'm supporting that. I'm standing with the same stand of the party, of the party which is the decriminalization of abortion. Uh, I think mahalaga yun kasi hindi naman basta-basta na yung pinagdadaanan ng ating mga kababaihan. At pag, kung may legal impediment pa sa kanila, mga kasuhan, makukulong ng infanticide ay... Sobra-sobra na ito. So, kailangan i-decriminalize. Pero ang legalization ay medyo kailangan pa natin tingnan kasi it, will, it might be prone to abuse. But I'm looking at uh, certain cases na pwede. Like for example, uh, unwanted pregnancy na ikaw ay biktima ng rape or uh, cases like that. I think uh, the woman has the right to decide uh, for, for themselves. As long as, like in the US for example, as long as this is not beyond uh, 15 months, uh, 15 weeks no, of pregnancy. But still, another way of, of looking at that naman is if the state can adopt, for example, victim ng rape, if the state can adopt the, the baby, that will be a better a better option. So, mas mahalaga na madecriminalize muna yung abortion. Uh, then yung legalization, uh, tingnan natin kung uh, papaano ba yung pag-uusap dyan. Kasi we still, we really need, I'm, I'm really uh, for the protection of the unborn kasi buhay pa rin yan eh. So, pagaanin lang natin yung uh, burden at maprotektahan naman natin in terms of healthcare itong mga kababaihan na napipilitang uh, mag-resolve sa abortion. Okay. Do you support the legalization or decriminalization of the use of weed, whether it's medical or recreational? I think umpisahan natin sa medical uh, use ng uh, marijuana. I think I, okay ako doon. So sa recreational use, uh, pag-usapan natin. Kasi naniniwala ako na uh, kung ito'y makapasa naman, ay mababawasan din yung dependency sa, sa methamphetamine and other uh, synthetic drugs. No? Uh, kasi sabi nga, nung isa tumatakbong presidente, tinatanggi naman niya, don't worry, it's organic. <laughs> Pero then again, it's still uh, prone to abuse. So simulan natin doon sa may pinakamalaking benefit, which is uh, medical use of marijuana. Okay. The next thing I want to ask you is, would you support the, cr the criminalization or legalization of sex work, whether it's um, 
uh, digital or you know physical? Uh, we still we really have to study on that. Kung ano yung dapat natin gawin. Kasi ngayon nangyayari na naman yun eh. Like nung pandemic, marami ako nakikita na yung mga may Patreon account that's part of, hindi, hindi siya physical contact pero it's still, uh, it's still uh, sex work. So let's see uh, kung ano yung, kung sino yung magpo-propose ng batas na yun. Pero I might not be inclined uh, to, to, to be the author of, of, of that law uh, for now. Okay, but yeah. um, okay. So right now you're more on the neutral side of it, right? You can't yes, really say yeah, that you're supported. You can't say that you are yes, yes, I uh, am. Yes. or whatever, right? Yes, May I ask, yes. what is holding you back from having a position? Ano ni nawala kasi ako na kailangang protektahan yung dignidad ng nabawat tao, yung dignidad ng sarili, dignidad ng kababaihan. Ay yun yung aking ano, yun yung aking pananaw, no? But I, I am not judgmental to any person who is doing that. Kung sa tingin nila ay kailangan lang gawin yun, hindi naman sila dapat uskahan. Pero I'm more of a person that would like to respect the dignity of, of every person, uh, including women. No? Yung, yung gratification of women as a sex object, I, I'm really against that. Uh, but then again, we should accord respect to, to those doing it. And uh, uh, with, the, with reasons, no? Kasi ayaw ko naman nahusgan itong mga taong ito. Uh, mali naman yun kasi uh, hindi natin alam, hindi ko alam ka na circumstances. So maling husgahan sila. Kaya naka-neutral neutral ako sa panahon ngayon. So even for decriminalization, you're neutral on that as well? I think pwedeng, pwedeng mapag-usapan yun ng mas madali. Yes, I don't okay. sa legalize. Yes. yes. Alright, that, 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 that's fair. Okay, what about divorce in the Philippines? Definitely, uh, I, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree with the uh, with the uh, with divorce. Kasi ang totoo niyan, ang divorce ay mas uh, mas Kristiyano kaysa sa annulment kasi divorce recognizes your marriage, no? Recognizes the formation of the family. Annulment dissolves the marriage na parang hindi kayo naging mag-asawa. So kung ikaw ay Kristiyano, dapat mas favor ka sa divorce. Kasi ito ay uh, pinaniwala na nagsama kayo ng asawa mo pero at certain point ay hindi nagkaigi. For example, ina-abuse, di ba? Ina-abuso yung babae or hindi man babae, minsan lalaki ay naaabuso din. So, yan po ay nangyayari. <laughs> no? So, I think mas okay ang divorce. At dapat, ay ito ay available hindi lang sa may pera kundi sa lahat ng ating maamayan. Kung kayang tulungan ng gobyerno, ay itulungan. Pero, then again, kailangan may proper safeguards para hindi naman magamit na, oye, ayaw ko na sa'yo, eh, gusto ka na mag-divorce kasi gusto ko. Hindi dapat ganun. There should be legal, clear legal basis uh, for filing the divorce. Okay. So the next thing I want to ask you is, would you support same-sex civil union in the Philippines? I would support same-sex marriage. Kasi, uh, mayroon kasi ako nakausap, naka-discussion in fact, Natama siya na ang marriage, ang term na marriage ay mas akma. Kasi ang nagbibigay ng marriage license ay ang estado. The state gives the marriage license. When you seek for marriage, di ba kumukuha ka ng lisensya sa pamahalaan. So pag binigyan ka ng lisensya, it's up to you kung saan kang papakasal. So 
kung aprobado ang same-sex marriage, ibig sabihin, hindi natin pinapersa yung mga religious sector na hindi naniniwala dito, na ikasal ka. So, pwede kang pakasal sa, sa judge or sa, sa legal uh, legal person to do it or sa isang religion na naniniwala na pwede ikasal ang, ang same-sex. So, ang pag-approve sa same-sex marriage only tells us that you can get a marriage license even if you are if you want to to marry uh same uh, sex uh, individual okay so you'd support it but you wouldn't force any religions that aren't open to it it's like yes uh, of course it's, small, that's so the separation of church and state yes right. the next thing i want to ask you is so there are transgender individuals right transgender women transgender men and when you look at other countries such as the U.S., Europe, etc., they do allow transgender individuals to change their gender marker on their passports, driver's license, things like that. Because, of course, when you're a transgender woman, you want your gender to be female, right? Yeah. And if you're a transgender man, you want it to be male. So if you do become senator, would you support a bill, write the bill, support the bill, or support the movement that would allow this in the Philippines? Yes. I don't have a problem with that. Okay, that was a very quick answer. Okay, so um, when it comes to because I've I have uh, interviewed different candidates on this show, right? I've had presidential candidates, VP candidates, but I want to ask you: Do you think fact checking is part of the job of being a public servant, whether you're running for president, whether you're running for VP, whether you're running for senator, etc.? Do you think it is important for you to fact check? any statements or any information that you get? Uh, yung yung fact-checking, I think, una-una, uh, is a responsibility of the person that's getting the information. Dapat ay bine-verify mo yung, yung, ano na yan, yung information na yan. Kasi dati pa naman, nung hindi pa uso ang social media, di ba, nagbabasa ka ng reliable information at tinitingnan mo kung totoo. Pero at the same time, uh, I think kailangan din na magkaroon ng parang uh, inter-agency uh, mechanism Involving social media, involving uh, siguro objective uh, panel to really fact check uh, even, even information or historical uh, uh, facts na sinasabi para hindi naman tayo mabiktima ng misinformation. Okay, so you think it's important then? Yes, it is, it is. Okay, so the next thing I want to ask you is I had a presidential candidate come into the show and I asked him, how would you fight fake news, right? How would you fight that? And his answer basically was, I would not. Because, you know, when the, the age of the internet arrived and we get all of these different informations, whether it's fake or not, um, it just gets quicker. And so I wouldn't fight fake news because with... Um, you know, with the internet age, right? With these new technologies, etc., that is just a means to the end. And I wouldn't fight it just because it suppresses freedom of speech. I mean, I'm just paraphrasing. That's not the person's exact words. What do you think of that statement? I think kailangan may ano may uh, uh, objective group of people, kasama government, to fact check news para. Para uh, ma-avoid yung fake news, matag siya na fake. Kasi importante rin mala ma malaman ng tao na mali ang mga informasyon na ito. Pero kailang objective, no? Hindi dapat na, for example, may media agency ka na alam mo naman na 
against sa uh, government or pabor sa isang tao. Dapat wala siya doon. Kailangan objective yung yung agency na nagpa-fact-check ng mga news. Hindi siya dapat na pabor sa kung kanina man yung gusto nilang uh, paboran. Kasi ngayon, yun na nangyayari. For example, may isang agency na against masyado doon sa isang kandidato. So, ma- makikita siya ng tao na kaya niya sinasabing fake yun kasi siya ay antay ganito. So, dapat ito ay objective ang, uh, ang aim. Kasi hindi ba pwede na sa age ng information ay, alam mo yun, hindi kagagawa ng paraan na hindi ayusin o hindi sabihin kung fake ay fake. Pero, yun nga, mahalaga yung role ng social media companies na tunungan din yung uh, pamahalaan na maayos ito. Alright, Mr. Dianja, I do have last two questions for you, if that's okay. So, no the... problem. Pasensya na rin talaga, uh, Paolo, kasi talagang uh, nasa biyahe ako, kaya baka yung mga mananood natin ay sabi, gulo-gulo naman ng video ni... <laughs> No, not, uh, I'm sure a lot of them are very grateful that you know you didn't cancel and that you're doing this. And to be fair, so far your your signal's pretty good, so that's the important part. But you know, thank you also for you know continuing. I know you're a very busy person. Uh, but yeah, thank you for being here. But uh, so sorry, yeah. So going back, um, my second to last question to you is: If you do not win for senator, what is next for David D'Angelo? I think we will be continuing to strengthen the Green Party of the Philippines. We have a, as I am part of the, I'm the president of the Green Party of the Philippines. We have a bunch of projects that are ongoing. Uh, we the laws that we, I am proposing right now will still be uh, uh, submitted as bills uh, in the national and the local level. Pero hindi po ibig sabihin no, na ay, eh, totoloy pala ni Senator D'Angelo to, hindi man siya manalo, di iba na lang iboto natin. Huwag pong ganun. <laughs> Kasi mas madali natin magagawa yan. Kung may papanalo ninyo, hindi ko na kailangan makiusap no, sa mga nakaupo sa pwesto. Kasi ako na mismo magdadala. Pero itutuloy natin lahat ng ito. Kasi naniniwala ko na hindi lang naman si sa umpisa na natin ito, na ibulid na nila ako dito sa, sa sitwasyon na ito. Eh, ituloy na natin yung ating advokasya ng pagpasa ng mga batas na ito, manalo man tayo o matalo. At the same time, ilapit natin yung environmental issue sa grassroots level. At yan ang ating gagawin. Kung if ever na hindi tayo papalarin, pero naniniwala ako na dahil mahalaga po ang issue ng kalikasan, ako po itutulungan ninyong manalo. Okay. Uh, my last question for you, Mr. D'Angelo, before we let you go is, why should people vote for you? Because right now, there are 12 slots, obviously. So, of course, they have other 11 people who they could vote for. You know, they could be your party mates or it could be other candidates that Kaliodi endorsed. Because I know he endorsed other candidates who aren't part of your state directly. But um, why should people include you in their, what they call the magic club? I think sa lahat po ng kandidato, ako yung pinaka-makaka-relate ang taong bayan, no? Ako po ay lumaki, I grew up without parents, I'm an orphan. Ako po ay uh, naging biktima rin ng uh, abuse. I even used drugs when I was young, I even committed suicide. But hindi po yung pinagdaanan ko nung bata ako, naghirap kami. Uh, I, I became a solo parent. Uh, nagpa, uh, nag-undergo ako ng sakit na nadranasan ko yung hirap ng medical system natin. Ako po ay nagkukumute araw-araw, MRT, bus, jeep, and everything. At naranasan ko rin yung problema sa ating kalikasan. Kaya nga ako tumatakbo. I'm a gamer, I'm a cosplayer, 
Uh, at yung lahat ng karanasan na ito ang dadalhin ko sa Senado. Nung bilang karaniwang tao, nasawang-sawa na sa mga pangako, ay syempre hindi ko bibigoyin yung mga sinasabi ko rito. At sa tulong ninyo, ay gagawin ko yon. So I believe I am the most relatable to the common people, to every experience that you have. In fact, I'm a BPO worker. Uh, mamaya, 12 a.m. to 9 a.m., ay patuloy nagtatrabaho. No, as a BPO worker to, you know, to to support my family. So, mahirap kasi ang solo parents. So, yun yung, I think, pinakamalaki pagkakaiba sa akin sa lahat po ng kandidato na tumatakbo ngayon. At naniniwala ako na with the, the climate crisis that we are happening right now, kailangan natin ng tunay na climate leader, tunay na environmentalist. Hindi yung environmentalist lang sa pangalan at sa salita. Kailangan po sa gawa. At ang isa pang biggest factor ay bilang miyembro ng Asia Pacific Greens Federation at ng Global Greens. Ang dalawa po yung gagawin kong pinakamalaki. No? Una, tayo po ay maninindigan sa pambansang estado, kabilang ng UN, na i-demand natin sa malalaking bansa na sila ay mag-commit sa climate action. Kasama ang iba pang Green Parties kasi nakatrabaho na natin ito. Uh, kasi nga member tayo ng Global Federation, katrabaho ko ng Green Party of Korea, Green Party of Japan at sama-sama kami nag-commit na sila actually hindi ba ako nananalo na sasama sila to demand climate action sa malalaking bansa na ito at pangalawa ay bala kong dalhin ang Conference of Parties sa Pilipinas yung COP dalhin, dalhin natin sa Pilipinas para malaman ng mga bansa na ito na walang pakialam na ito yung mga makakawawang bansa tignan ninyo at kumilos kayo tama na yung salita ng salita kumilos naman tayo panahon na ng pagkilos ngayon hindi na ngayon panahon ng slogan, panahon ng uh, pasikatan. Ngayon po ay panahon na ng tunay na pagkilos at ng tunay na pagboto sa mga taong tunay na maglilingkod sa bayan. Kasi pag nagkamali tayo ngayon, yung bukas natin na mawawala. Kaya wag na po natin ipanakaw yung bukas. Ito na yung pagkakataon natin para bumoto ng tama. Salamat, Paolo. Salamat sa iglap sa sumo. Of course. Well, Mr. D'Angelo, thank you again so much, sir, for being here, for your time, and for being very patient in uh, answering all my questions. I know I had a lot of follow-up questions, but thank you again so much, sir. Uh, to our viewers, it's thank you honor. again. Uh, it's an honor to have you here, sir. Thank you so much. So to our viewers, thank you again. Iglap will be back on Thursday. Uh, to Mr. D'Angelo, to everyone, thank you again. Take care. Bye, everyone. Oh wait, sorry. Before we go, very yes. quick. Sorry, before we go, I I can't believe I forgot this. So I mean, I know how to contact you, but how can people contact you uh, if they want to ask more questions? You know, after they watch this or listen on Spotify, where can they contact you, message you, things like that? Uh, you can contact me through my social media channels. I'm uh, on Facebook. It's the Angelo for, for Senator. That's the number four. Or you can search my name, David the Angelo, with uh, the apostrophe like. Chef D'Angelo. So, huwag kayong magkakamali. Iba, hinahanap Michael Angelo. Eh. Hindi pa ako pintor. <laughs> so, David D'Angelo. On Twitter and Instagram, it's David D'Angelo PH. So, okay. you can reach me there. Message lang kayo. I, I, ma ako naman ay uh, sumasagot. Sabi nga nila, very active ako sa social media. You really Umay are. Very, very <laughs> <laughs> I, I will answer your question. Uh, as long as, you know, time permits me to, to get back to you. Great. Well, again, thank you again, Mr. D'Angelo. If you guys decide to vote for him, he's number 17 in the ballot, if I'm not 17, mistaken. 17, 17, yes. 
and seven, right? So, Mr. D'Angelo, I wish you luck. It's a, it's still, I mean, the election's nearby, but it's still a very long road ahead. I wish you all the best of luck. Take care, sir. Thank you again, everyone. See you guys on Thursday. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Salamat, salamat, Paolo. Salamat,